welcome to another episode of Strictly Business, the podcast in which we talk with some of the brightest minds working in media today. I'm Andrew Wallenstein with Variety Intelligence Platform. This week, I bring you excerpts of a panel discussion I just had with executives from NBC Universal, Warner Media, Spotify, and PwC on what right now is topic A for the entertainment industry how the business is absorbing the impact of COVID-19. The discussion was featured in the Variety Screening Room webinar. Take a listen. Welcome everyone to Variety's first ever streaming room. I'm Andrew Wallenstein, president of Variety Intelligence Platform. It's a new venture focused on digging deep into the issues that matter most to the media business. You can check it out at variety.com slash VIP. Thanks to all of you for streaming in from your homes today. Though we may not be able to gather together, this is the next best thing. Think of it as a virtual version of a Variety Summit panel. Before we get started, I want to say that we at Variety understand there are much more important issues in the world right now when it comes to the coronavirus and its impact on the entertainment business. But I think we also know that the impact this crisis will have on our industry is profound and worth some conversation. I've got a group of great panelists virtually gathered to talk about the impact it's already having on their own businesses and how they're adapting. So let's meet our panelists. Greg Boyer is the partner for technology, media, and telecommunications at PwC. Josh Feldman is executive vice president of head of marketing and advertising creative at NBC Universal. Julie Clark is the global head of ad revenue innovation at Spotify. And Sean Kisker is the EVP and Chief Strategy Officer for Warner Media's direct-to-consumer division. Thanks to you all for being with me today. Um, Sean, let's start with you. And this is a question I want to hear from each of our panelists on. What are the, some of the ways you're seeing your, your business change in the midst of this crisis? Yeah, I mean, I would say, obviously, engagement is, is way up, and it's hard to sort of start out you, you hit a you hit the right note there which is it's hard to sort of look at look at something like that which is a bit of a tailwind for us in in the broader context and get particularly excited about it but the when when we look at the constraints people have consumption is way up i think 95 percent of people are consuming more media according to a report i just saw 51 percent are watching more shows and films on streaming service so and we've seen that in, in hbo now as well so net net from a contextual point of view uh, it's a it's a good time to be thinking about providing solutions to people who are stuck at home, and at, at this point don't have very many options. So uh, it's from a from a product point of view, uh, it, it's been uh, it's probably created a bit of a tailwind, but obviously there are a whole host of challenges that go along with that. Julie, what about yourself? Uh, I imagine there's some challenges your way too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that from the perspective of like Spotify, culture has always been a huge part of our business and context in which our marketing partners are reaching our listeners is always of paramount importance. And now with cultural moments that are happening in the ecosystem, it's just really important that we are making sure that we're being extremely thoughtful about how we are approaching that listener experience because how people are listening, when they're listening and what they're listening to is changing. So it's made us really have to adapt to um, that environment and make sure that we're extremely authentic to the overall experience. Well, I'll definitely want to hear more from you later on what kind of trends you're seeing at Spotify in terms of audience patterns. But I want to go over to Josh at NBC Universal on the advertising side. Uh, how has this crisis impacted you and your business? 
Yeah, you know, so we're on our fourth week of remote work at this point. So, you know, the changes that have really come that have been most interesting to me is how we as a division and a group are really adapting to this. You know, we've always been a, you know, people first, human first company like all of the other panelists companies are here. And how do you keep that momentum alive as we're working in a work from home scenario? So um, what we're doing right now is we've been having daily phone calls um, for our entire division, which is like 1,200 people, where we're able to keep ourselves up and going uh, and having daily phone calls all day long to keep in touch with each other. And that's been really, really amazing because when you work for a company my size and you can't really share information in a timely manner normally, what we've found is actually in our work from home scenario, we're sharing information in real time so much better than we ever have before. And we've tried to really humanize those events as well. We start every single meeting by recognizing heroes, whether it's from the medical profession or first responders that are close to employees of our company and really taking the time to recognize those folks. So it's become a really human element of what we do, but it's also been able to share information in real time. So moving on, wanted to get to, you know, as stark as this situation is, as you were operating, you know, Julie, going back to you, was it the kind of thing where you were operating out of a 2020 playbook and now you have to sort of throw that out and operate in a whole different way? You know, it's not that everything is thrown out. I think that, you know, what we're really doing is making sure that we're consulting our partners um, and that it's really opening up an opportunity for creatively and cooperate, you know, creatively working together as a team and cooperating in different ways. Um, I think that, you know, what Josh was talking about, you know, having that collective and making sure that we're communicating appropriately from a playbook internally and then externally, it's really, um, you know, a lot of the things that were priorities before our priorities now, you know, making sure that we're, you know, at the forefront of podcast content creation, making sure that creators are a primary um, focus for us, and then making sure um, that we're having thoughtful engagement with our um, listeners uh, in the right way. So have we seen the trends change in how we're having those conversations? Absolutely. I think that, you know, previously we've always encouraged our partners to lean into cultural moments. This is a place where we're really starting to think about, you know, how do you lean into that cultural moment, but more from an emotive perspective and understanding that people really want comfort and entertainment and education, um, you know, with what the content that they're, you know, streaming at this point. Got it. Uh, and Sean, we're back to you. Is it the kind of thing where it's like you had one playbook at the beginning of the year and now everything's changed or is it maybe a little more moderate than that? I mean, it, uh, well, it's hard enough to launch a streaming service, never mind in the middle of a, a pandemic. So uh, I, I think there was a starting, you know, really two years ago when this thing kicked off, there's been a pretty constant stream of effort and, and the team has run basically at one speed. And what's been actually really cool, I'm not sure if the other panelists or you guys have seen this, but um, we really haven't missed a beat from a remote working point of view. Um, it's really a, a testament to... The, the teams and I, the, the leadership of those teams to be able to keep everybody together. But we haven't, you know, we're still very much on for a May launch and and haven't really missed a beat, which I, I have to say is, uh, you know, obviously there there are things you think about in terms of the, the marketplace you're entering into and, and um, some consideration you give to this, to, to that. But the team has really, has really sort of plowed down admirably here. Nice. I mean, you're, the launch you're referring to is HBO Max. That's 
still on schedule? I mean, there's been actually people in the market saying the streaming services should get out there early. Is that even possible? <laughs> uh, I, I think I think if, uh, if if we if we could have gone a little bit earlier, we would have. But uh, but I think we're absolutely on on schedule for for the May launch. And uh, I think just based on what I'm seeing and, and reading, uh, I think there's the the opportunity, which is to say people being at home for a little while is going to be there for a little while. So I think when we come out in May, it's going to be a very good time for people to get not just the, the HBO content, but all of the library content that we have coming from from the Warner side. It's 10,000 hours of content at launch and then plus all the originals. So I think there's there's going to be something for everybody there. Greg, you're in your capacity at PwC. You're hearing from a lot of different businesses. I'm just curious, is it is the tone sort of crisis at level at media companies or, you know, look, there has been a share of these kind of situations in the past when you go back to things like the recession of 2008 when you go back to the, the writer strike, 9-11, uh, how does this stack up in terms of crises that you have consulted on? I think it's, um, it, it's, it's very similar to those in some respects, but it's very different as well. Um, we, we don't certainly haven't faced a, a situation where the entire country you know, is staying at home. That's something that's very new and very different. Uh, and I shouldn't say entire country, but but the mo- most of uh, the businesses that we work with, and it's very different across the M&E segments in terms of how uh, how it's affecting their business. Um, we're seeing sub businesses that are they're handling it very calm and and, and dealing with good stabilization, uh, and and they're looking towards you know that light at the end of the tunnel where things come and they can return to a new normal. We also have some businesses that are very severely impacted, and in some cases that's working with those clients to. Uh, to help look at the CARE Act and how that might be able to help them in time of time of need, um, but also looking, you know, to the future in terms of what does this mean for their business, their business model, and how are things going to change moving forward, and what what's the that new normal again? How is that going to be significant for their business and uh, and how they approach the market? Okay, now over to you, Josh. You know, on the advertising side, it's interesting. NBC Universal participated in a, a pretty broad-ranging PSA with a lot of partners, the White House, about getting the message out to people about how they should be conducting themselves in a crisis like this. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So it was actually a really phenomenal project to be involved with. Uh, we were originally um, contacted. The CDC reached out to the Ad Council and said they wanted to create a series of PSAs that could run across all of media. Um, And they asked who can create those for them. So uh, the Ad Council reached out to our team and we were able to create a number of graphic based um, uh, PSAs that gave the information that obviously was changing literally by the hour as the CDC was getting more information. Uh, We felt really, really proud. We were able to do that quickly over the weekend. This was now three weeks ago probably when uh, COVID-19 was really starting to take effect on our country and and people really needed to to get that information in real time. Following up on that, there were calls directly with the White House on how each media company could then further get the word out in ways to their audiences. So we decided to utilize our iconic The More You Know campaign, which has been around for 30 years at NBC Universal. We utilized our talent from across the portfolio Uh, And we thought since everybody obviously is working remotely from home, 
what was going to obviously going to have to happen because all of our talent was also social distancing and working from home. We were able to then write 30 to 40 scripts on various different things that were important. So whether it was uh, messaging directly to those most at risk, whether it was messaging to parents on how they should be speaking to their children to get them through COVID-19, um, whether it was um, trying to reach millennials who were not social distancing and taking it seriously enough. So we created a variety of different scripts and we had um, about 60 different talent from across the portfolio um, shoot themselves at home with their cameras um, on their phones. And we then had them send it into us and we edited it together into a full series of PSAs under the More You Know campaign that featured talent from all across our portfolios, from news to entertainment to Hispanic. We did a bunch in English language and a bunch in Spanish language uh, that are now running everywhere. And it's something that we're really, really proud of because the CDC is the one giving us that direct information. And we feel like we're getting that real information to the people in real time, but also the process of not being able to go and shoot this high you know high tech high resolution like we normally would but having everybody shoot them on their phones and editing from our own homes was really an interesting process and something we're really really proud of i think that's great julie uh, you know on the subject of giving back you've been engaged in some relief efforts over at spotify tell us a bit about that sure absolutely and and similarly i think spotify is really a part of people's essential listening um, habits on a daily basis so you know part of what we have been um working on and something that we're really proud of is the spotify COVID 19 music relief project where spotify is matching up to 10 million dollars in donations um specifically for the music community um and creator community so um you know that is something um that is has been a passion point and been moving forward on and then also just from like general information perspective um spotify on our home screen it, you know allows users to you know visit the app and then also learn information from the cdc and the um, world health organization across 39 different languages so independent of where you are that's where you're going to be directed to to be able to get the right information about your health and wellness as well that's great that's great to hear um want to talk a bit more about what we're all dealing with these days which is you know remote work and what that's been like for you guys is the nature of being in your business like many business nowadays that everything can be done remotely or is there something distinct to your businesses where you know maybe it's okay to be doing it from home maybe there's even hidden benefits uh sean what's your take yeah, I mean, I guess I won't want to speak for everybody else, but I, for for us, it has been, as I said, it's been. Uh, I think productivity is there are aspects of it. So, for example, like QA and things that some some things that need to be done in a in a more shared setting uh, uh, are more challenging. Um, but from a, from a global point of view, I think it's been really, really. Uh, I don't think we've missed a beat, and I think that I think the the the, the challenge actually becomes more. Uh, the tools are there the challenge becomes more of an emotional challenge than a, a a physical work product one which is how do you keep the team together oriented understanding what's happening and as you know, the panelists were saying it, it it's in an environment where the, the information is changing very quickly it's uh it's how do you how do you sort of keep everybody connected to the mothership is the biggest challenge i think got it josh in your capacity at nbc universal what's it been like for you 
Well, it's obviously very difficult. You know, the crux of everything we do is usually, you know, in studios with a number of different people on a shoot at all times, you know, hundreds of people there for a shoot. So having to take that away and do everything, you know, from home, from that point of view is less than ideal. But I think that if you see the work that's coming out, not just from NBC Universal, but from marketers all across the country and how they're responding and creating messaging that is not tone deaf, that is done remotely, that's using imagery that's already shot. Um, it's really been an amazing thing for me to watch as a viewer um, and really see how these companies have responded to it. As far as working remotely, though, you know, for the most part, um, I agree uh, very much with what Sean was just saying that, you know, we've really responded well. And I think that we're actually sharing information, as I mentioned earlier, more in real time than ever before. And we're certainly learning about other divisions in our company quicker, right? There's meetings that unfortunately we're all guilty of. We just didn't go to because I've got something else going on. Well, now that we're having these big, massive work from home meetings, I'm hearing from folks in other divisions learning so much more. I'm getting so much from my insights and measurements teams on what this truly means that it's really helping me in my day-to-day -day work as well. So there's definitely you know, some positives and some negatives about this. Greg, you consult with a lot of different companies on remote working, other kinds of issues. What has been some of your counsel uh, during these challenging times? Well, some are more prepared than others. Obviously, you know, if you think of workforce of the future and all the tools and technologies um, that we use for uh, for not only video conferencing but for collaboration, every every client's a little different in terms of how they're handling it. There's some some areas that really require um, in-person human interaction. If you think of uh, moving to, to towards a virtual sales force in some regard, uh, you think of like uh, projects that require design. Uh, they're much more suited for you know in-person and. I agree with both Josh and Sean's comments that it's really hard to um, to remotely cover the human factor associated, the camaraderie, the the ability for people to feel part of a community, and sometimes that's the biggest challenge. Um, at PBC, we work very remotely uh, on a constant basis. Our, um, the biggest change for our folks is they're they're not traveling to be at their client site and interacting in a in a in a very human way. They're doing that, you know, using technology. Um, but we're seeing that across the landscape. We're seeing, you know, lots of heroic efforts to to stay connected. And I do think that a good portion of this will remain when we um, when we come out of this. I think there will be new and innovative ways to work collaboratively, to work virtually. Uh, some of this will remain um, as part of, you know, where we go. Um, but we're seeing very innovative approaches across that forum um, in, in all different client spaces. Greg, why don't you show us some of the slides you've got on this subject? Uh, I know you've got uh, some interesting thoughts to share. Sure. We've developed um, uh, a, a way we approach, and, and all of these are available uh, via pwc.com at our U.S. COVID site that's up on the screen, as well as on the Resource Center. But we've developed a, a crisis methodology that we work with a lot of our clients on. First, mobilize, which is taking care of your people, um, dealing with some of the issues that, um, that are cropping up uh, in, in the first number of weeks related to the crisis. Then moving from that into stabilization, which is making a little bit more informed decisions for your people and your business. And, and lastly, it's, you know, looking at the big picture as we get on top of the, you know, on the backside of that bell curve and how we look at um, strategic decisions that are going to affect your business moving forward, both today and tomorrow. We have six key areas of focus that we that we have seen our clients looking at. Um, 
obviously crisis response, workforce, supply chain, um, a lot of finance, liquidity, capital market issues. Uh, how do you deal with trade? As an, ex as an example, there's a lot of net operating loss advantages related to the CARE Act. And then ultimately that strategy and that brand component in terms of how we're working with communities uh, and businesses. We've got a number of tools out on the site. One is our um, COVID navigator. Uh, that allows people to um, fill out a quick survey, get real-time um, sentiment uh, on where things are going and how people are dealing with the critical areas of focus are. And then we have a set of tools um, outside uh, on our site related to check-in, which is some new tools associated with how you manage uh, and, and, and benchmark productivity for your workforce now that we're all working from home and working virtually. And there's many other um, uh, resources out there, I would say, at the site. Um, most of them are, you know, available to all. So uh, please uh, check it out and uh, you'll find something probably useful that you can, uh, your organization can use moving forward. So I, I want to go to the subject of, you know, we're seeing companies like some of yours withdrawing financial guidance for the coming quarter. And I'm curious what kind of messages you're hearing from leadership at your companies right now. Is it, is it about rallying the troops in the face of adversity or... Is it really tough talk about tough times ahead? Uh, Sean, do you want to take that one first? Yeah, I think there's a healthy dose of realism in it. And I, I think just to take one step back, within our company, you know, you, we've talked about sort of how people have engaged in the crisis from a multidimensional point of view. I mean, when, when we take a step back, AT&T is responsible for a major piece of the country's infrastructure and communication. CNN is responsible for a major piece of how people get their information about this. So there are aspects of this that, that uh, well beyond the launch of a streaming service and well beyond you know, HBO Max that, that are, are being sort of dealt with every day. So when you think about the scope of what leadership is telling us, it's through the lens of a major responsibility to, to the country um, well before it is any, anything about sort of a you know, uh, sort of future prognosis. But at, at the same time, you know, the other message is there is another side to this. Like this is not, it's hard to see now, it is changing, but there is going to be another side to this and we're going to get there. And the question becomes, you know, what, what are the new habits that are going to be formed? What are the new systems that are going to be created? And how do we be part of that solution as we come through this? Julie, what about, what about yourself? Uh, you know, is, is, uh, is your CEO sending the right messages at this time? Is he talking about tough times ahead or being more optimistic? I'm curious about the leadership tone. So I, I would say the leadership tone has remained very similar to what it's always been. It's very authentic and it is, you know, I think that the thing that I personally appreciate about Spotify is that it's a company that will address head, you know, head first, what are opportunities and what are our challenges? So that is that tone has remained. Um, I will say that there has been a special attention to the workplace and, you know, the employees overall, just understanding that people have might have infants or children and trying to balance working and their partners working at the same time too and just being really thoughtful about um you know how we can balance all of this and manage that i mean i've got two 10 year old um, boys in the basement right now um well they're playing video games <laughs> but uh, so they're they're loving a little break from school but you know it has been really authentic and it's been authentic to the user experience and just understanding that it's really about being informed connected and grounded in everything that we do 
So I wouldn't say that like there has been no doom and gloom, but it's also been very realistic about, you know, how do we, you know, understand our business now even better moving into this next phase in what this new normal is. Got it. Um, you know, Josh, in your case, what's interesting is, you know, you have a, a senior executive at Universal actually came down with COVID-19, yeah. uh, has talked about what that has been like for him. I would imagine that that does something to a, a company's culture. Uh, not that they're, you know, what, tell me about that. Absolutely. You know, that was something that was, you know, obviously a shock to all of us. We found out in real time. He kept that. Um, within a small circle in the beginning and then came public with it. Uh, luckily, uh, from my understanding, he's feeling good and he's doing well now. But our leadership team, um, in my opinion, has led by example. And I think they've done a phenomenal job. You know, Jeff Shell, who we were just referring to, Brian Roberts and other very, very senior executives have publicly come out and said they're donating 100% of their salaries to uh, COVID-19-based um, you know, research or whatever it may be, something to help people along the way, 100% of their salaries is going towards that. But they've also really cared about the people knowing this is really tough time. So they've created what I believe is a $500 million fund uh, specifically to keep people's salaries paid during this really, really difficult time. But they've also set up things for our employees that are helping us. So whether it's uh, meditation, whether it's doctors, whether it's access to all these other types of things that anybody can choose to go into, literally on my calendar every single day is something that our company is offering to our employees, which has been a really, really nice thing to feel um, throughout this process that, that the senior management of our team truly does care about us and they care about the general public as well, right? I think to the point of what we're trying to accomplish Every single one of our networks needs to have a different sort of messaging because people are coming at this from a different point of view. People are tuning into MSNBC to get real-time information. People are tuning into CNBC because they're worried about what's happening to their 401ks and what's going to happen there. People are turning into today to get a mixture of everything. They need something. They need some good news. They need some real news. And, and today is, has been a real crutch for a lot of people that way. And then there's places like Bravo where you just need to escape and not hear about COVID-19. So everybody's trying to play their part. So I think our management has done a phenomenal job of really, you know, being there for our people and showing that they truly care. But I also think the way that we're talking to the general public is trying to show that we truly care about them as well. Thank you. Um, one last question for me. Just wanted to ask uh, Greg a question. Media companies in particular, uh, is there something about the DNA of this industry that you think holds up well in a crisis situation uh, relative to other industries? Just curious to get your read there. And thanks again for your time. Thanks, Andy. No, I, I definitely think so. I think uh, the, the media industry has been under so much change. If you look back over the last decade and you think about the adversity that it's been put through in terms of adaptability, flexibility, uh, being able to develop new products and services uh, to drive innovation, and while this is a, a horrible event for all of us, I think the media industry is a little more suited, um, partially in terms of being able to work uh, in, in this environment. There are many other industries that we're not prepared for, you know, working virtually. Um, they, they, they haven't handled that type of adversity and they're not as adaptable. And I think uh, overall, the industry should come out of this, I think, um, with a tremendous amount of opportunity when that does come. Um, and it'll be about taking advantage of that opportunity like it always has been. And I think the media industry is well suited for that.
This has been another episode of Strictly Business. Tune in next week for another helping of scintillating conversation with media movers and shakers. And please make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear future episodes. Also, leave a review in Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing. 